0: On today's episode, I talk about deer patterning and hunter predictability, a DIY tip of the week, and a new segment that should get you laughing. Stay tuned. hunt, 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 hunt hunt welcome to the where to hunt podcast the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts today is Wednesday September 2nd this is episode 20 and I'm your host Eric Clark today I'm going to be talking about we'll kick it off with deer patterning and hunter predictability and ultimately with the deer patterning uh, topic I had come across an article on uh, QDMA's website that talked about um, how fast a stand can recover from hunting pressure and it it caught my attention because uh, I, I have talked about this in previous episodes but I have a problem with wanting to leave an area that I've had such good success in so uh, there's two completely different schools of thought here, and I don't think that either one is entirely correct on its own. However, um, this will fall on the side of uh, you should probably not stick around at that same spot constantly. So the study that was done by, by QDMA um, was fairly in-depth from what I had read. They talked about uh, using GPS tracking collars to track the movements of 37 different bucks uh, in a 6,400-acre Uh, forest in South Carolina, and I'll kind of just read snippets here of the article. I'm not going to get into reading it verbatim, but uh, it talked about also how there were, it talked about the ranges of age for these deer. Some of them were two and a half year olds, three and a half year olds, four and a half year olds. Uh, They collected the GPS location every 30 minutes from August 24th to November 22nd. And what was interesting about it is that uh, the forest that these deer had lived in were it was actively hunted while the bucks were being tracked. So the study was accurate enough, I guess, in trying to determine how, how much they were impacted by hunters and, and coming back to those areas where, where there had been hunting pressure. And it, it, essentially what it had said is that, you know, you really shouldn't um, put too much pressure into an area. Now, again, speaking about public land hunting, it's, it's a little tricky. Right, Because who knows what everyone else is doing. It's a, it's a very weird thing. So you can only control so much. So if it's your land, this is probably more applicable. Um, one part of the article had mentioned uh, that they had found an immediate effect of hunting pressure. And they said, where the amount of time spent in a particular stand over the course of a week impacted deer behavior. The odds of a buck entering the quote-unquote what they call the harvest zone uh, during daylight hours were reduced by half after 12 hours of hunting pressure. And they're saying, in other words, a buck was twice as likely to avoid putting itself at risk if the stand had been hunted for 12 hours over the course of the previous week. Um, I'm going to read verbatim here real quick. So knowing that hunting pressure does indeed affect deer behavior, we set out to answer one final question. Once a stand is hunted, how long does it take for a buck to recover from the intrusion? We once again examine the probability of a buck entering a harvest zone, under six different circumstances, the stand hadn't been hunted within the past five days. It was hunted the previous day and it was hunted two, three, four, and five days ago. Um, so they have a graph that kind of breaks some of the stuff down. And uh, what it is said, it's not surprising given the fact that most stands are set over food plots, feeders that would naturally attract deer. However, if the stand was hunted the previous day, bucks appeared to respond immediately and displayed avoidance behavior. This avoidance lasted on average for three days. Um, I'm going to go ahead and kind of just pause here for a second. I have another article that, oddly enough, had two conflicting points. And this is from FieldandStream.com. Uh, I find that this is why the argument's so weird because there's no right or wrong answer here. So one article had two completely conflicting, uh, contradictory uh, points. Two points away from each other. Number point number six and point number eight for this particular article, which is called uh, "10 Common Deer." 10 common deer hunting mistakes you should fix. So, number six says you hunt your best areas too soon. Don't rush in and blow bucks out of the prime spot on your property. Save your choices for later. Um, and then, where did it go here? I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. You switch to a different stand after two evenings. Mature bucks often travel on a three day cycle. Give a good stand at least three days before moving. So, not completely conflicting. And there may have been another point that I read. Essentially, it's saying, you know, um, don't hunt that one stand too much. Don't do that. But um, you should also, you know, switch every every three days um, or make sure you give it three days before moving, at least three days before you move out of that spot. So kind of confusing, a little bit conflicting. Going back to the first article, um, it had mentioned that it, it's easy to get into routine and sit in the same stand, you, you know, time and time after time. Um, especially if it's produced in the past, which for me, I've had a a lot of success with a particular spot and I've been breaking out of that habit in the last two years, the two last two hunting seasons where I've been hunting new land. So, um, being a public land hunter, I guess that's one of the benefits is you get to be as mobile as you want. And that's kind of cool. So uh, what else did they say in this thing? It was just very interesting. If I keep hunting the stand and bound to cross paths with that buck at some point, the results of our research suggest. The opposite, the more that a stand is hunted, the less likely deer are to pass within range of it. There are always exceptions to the rule, and big bucks get killed every year in heavily hunted areas, but our findings suggest that to improve your chances of encountering deer, avoid making yourself predictable. I like I like that line quite a bit. And then it uh, concludes, with, by hunting one of your favorite spots too often, you may be unintentionally affecting deer movement and behavior patterns in the area, leading to reduced chances of success. And then another article on the QDMA site talks about um, 10 things we know about mature buck movements, and it kind of belays this theme or this point that um, no matter what it is we think we know or or all the different things about pinch points and food plots and water and and chasing does or whatever, um, bucks move most at dawn and dusk, period. Regardless of moon phase, bucks move most at dawn and dusk. Regardless of weather, bucks move most at dawn and dusk. So that is the the most common theme with uh, mature buck movement is that that is when they move. And with the pressure, it's only a matter of time before they start going nocturnal. So uh, bow season is coming up rapidly. We are 10 days away. So it's going to be really awesome to get out there. And that first weekend, in fact, I'm hunting brand new land Uh, So I'm extremely excited to be doing that. Far, far out of my comfort zone with that, as opposed to going to the same old, uh, what used to be tried and true spot. Uh, So we'll go ahead and get into our next segment here. All right, our next segment is the tip of the week. And this week it's a uh, DYI tip. And uh, I feel like this is going to be an endless topic because there's always going to be something a hunter can do to you know, do it yourself and make hunting easier, I guess. So this week's tip, I found um, a guy that made what he calls the shadow man uh, to hunt your stand. And uh, depending on how early you get your stands up, if you have the ability, if you're not on public land, uh, if you're on private land, you can hang your stands early. So it's only so so applicable, but uh, it's a pretty creative idea. It's incredibly inexpensive to make, essentially for the last 10 years, um this guy has been making what he calls a, sh- a shadow man. So he cuts out um, a big chunk of plywood, uh, paints it with some black specks and like a very kind of mono monochromatic color, like the color of the tree or what you would expect to wear when you're wearing camouflage. And essentially, he puts in a stand ahead of time so that way when the deer are going to the woods, they get, they get used to it. There's nothing new for them to, to gain here. The trick with what he's doing is that he's actually using this thing while he's hunting too. So he's using it to sit behind. Um So it's this giant cutout of a silhouette of a, of a man it kind of, it it's not perfect. It's just like this big, kind of like a shooting target, I guess is how I would best describe it. And uh he had stated a, co- a couple different times. The guy's name is Jim. I, I'm not seeing his last name in here anywhere. So I apologize, but it's another QD, QDMA article. He's been doing it for 10 years, a lot of success. So first of all, the bucks are going through the woods, the deer are going through the woods, and they're getting used to this thing. They're they're not expecting to see anything change after some time. So once he is in the stand, it's not even that he takes it away; he keeps it there, hides behind it. So when he needs to draw back or, or do something, it's cloaking his movement all the way to the to the point where he can do a you know get a full draw and uh, look from behind this thing and and get his it is tag filled it's pretty interesting so that's our diy tip of the week i'm going to try to do one of these every stinking week so that way we can kind of uh find new and exciting interesting ways to be you know improving our hunt or make it easier or you know nothing life-changing or anything like that but uh, again a pretty cool idea getting this guy's calling it the the shadow man and the name itself is pretty creative um if you want to look up the article it's do your stand tip let shadow man hunt your stand and uh, it's found on qdma's website qdma.com slash articles in the article segment you can find this thing so a couple of pictures of the guys a lot of comments about it. it seems to be a fairly successful thing that other people have done too so maybe you've already done this and you've had some success and if not uh you know give it a try let us know if it's something that uh, worked out for you this season after the fact looking for a spot to hunt download the free where to hunt app for your smartphone today avoid hunters see less people see more deer with the Where to Hunt app, you will know where other hunters are before you see them. Just search Where to Hunt from the App Store to download today. All right, so our last segment, I'm going to try this out. We'll see how far I can take this here and actually keep doing it. But uh, safety safety is super important when we're hunting, and I'm going to emphasize that on every episode, safety, safety, safety. But that said, um, there's some comedy involved in hunting. We all have our stories and things of that nature, but what's interesting is that the, the Wisconsin DNR as well as, um, a ton of other States, uh, natural department of natural resources also posts, uh, annual incident reports or incident summary summary reports. And I came across some of these in a, in a small debate about how safe hunting is in our fine state of Wisconsin. Um, by and large, the the average is good. You know, we're safe hunters here in the state and, uh, came to my attention there's some ridiculous things that get reported almost like the misconnections on craigslist just out way out there so i'm gonna go ahead and read the first one of these and i'm only gonna do one per episode because i'm gonna try to find the most ridiculous ones that aren't um offensive in any way and and things of that nature and again i I really do want to stress how important it is to be safe but that said uh on on january 28th of 2015 um the injury description is a 22 round uh to groin area and lodged in posterior, 47-year-old male um, type of gun. It was a 22 semi semi-automatic rifle. Now, this is where it gets weird. There's a synopsis, and uh, it says, quote, I'm quoting here. This is from the Wisconsin DNR site. The shooter was hunting raccoon. Shooter previously drove over raccoon. The raccoon continued to run into an open cornfield while shooter shot an estimated 10 rounds at the raccoon. Uh, shooter thought firearm was empty and grabbed onto the barrel with both hands and attempted to use the butt of the firearm to club the raccoon. The stock broke off the gun and the 22 round, <laughs> 22 round, uh, fired hitting the shooter. So what the frick is going on here? So he ran over the raccoon. Um, so he's hunting a raccoon. He previously ran it over, and then it ran into a cornfield. So that wasn't enough. This thing's like a zombie raccoon. It couldn't. It couldn't be killed when he ran it over. Then it takes off into a freaking cornfield. He shoots ten rounds at it. Um, a injured, likely an injured raccoon. That's not good. That's not good enough. So he goes out and uses the buttstock of his gun, of his gun, and and tries to club the raccoon to death. And in the process, breaks off the the stock of the gun and shoots himself in the groin with a 22 so that that's uh you know be safe out there people if you hit a raccoon i don't know don't chase after it into a cornfield shoot 10 rounds at it and go try to club it to death with the the buttstock of your gun uh just uh, i read that and I, I i about lost it so hopefully they're okay they they self-inflicted themselves with a bullet wound um it doesn't seem like it's fatal i don't think it calls that out on here yeah fatal no so it's not fatal so just a a lesson to be learned (laughs) careful out there uh that all said that's that's a wrap those are my two new segments for the show let me know what you think as always i appreciate your listenership a ton i'm really grateful to to have an audience that's captivated and listening couple of things if you want to get a hold of me if you have any ideas for the show if you have stories to share uh, if you have comments or, or contradictions to things that I'm saying or you know um, more uh, you know I'm welcoming your comments you can send me an email at where to hunt wy at gmail.com and that's where the number two the word hunt letters wy at gmail.com you can always participate in a lot of our conversations at uh on facebook.com slash where to hunt wisconsin also twitter which is at w2hunt and uh, we have a forum also on publiclandpride.com. so lots of ways to participate and get involved uh thank you for your listenership if you like the show if you have comments and feedback go ahead and give us a rating and some uh, feedback on itunes greatly appreciate it thanks so much and uh have a great day on public